First of all, guys, I want to thank you for all your tremendous support. Just an update on my son, Daniel. Yerfield Daniel, he's doing great. He's going through treatment. It's going to be a long process, but he's, his, his spirits are definitely um, very upbeat. And there's no question this is because of all the, um, the calls and, and all, really all the prayers and the charity and the forgiveness that all of you have done. I really am very beyond grateful for everything everybody's done. So tonight's class, obviously tonight's class is going to be on how to basically, how to beat our goals, how to crush our goals, how to build vessels. We can really, there's no real title uh, that can actually fit because we're really gonna do a little bit of everything. How to really get to the goal line, which is really what we want, we will want in our lives. And I'm gonna to talk to you about 14 to 15 things, short things, but very practical things using obviously the teachings of Rabbi Nachman, which are all centered on the, on the writings of the Arizal and our holy sages. The reason why we, I happen to be myself a very, very big, you know, self-help guru, self -help, I read a lot of self-help books. And there's a very common trend that the only differences between those books and the Torah is the language that's being used. So we wanted to use, we want to use the proper language in order to get you guys to understand that everything is really, really in the Torah. So the number one thing we need to understand is the way God created the world. God created the world, and Nachman says in Lesson 49, that originally the whole creation was nothing more but Ein Sof. What does Ein Sof mean? Unlimited light. There is so much light that with the fact that there was so much light that there could be no creation unless our creator created a tzimtzum. A tzimtzum is a, a redu reduction of that light in order for him to make a place for the world. So Rab Nachman and Rab Nathan say something absolutely beautiful. They say, just like Hashem created the world with first the thought, he had a vision, and then he made a decision to create a, to create a, a, a world, to create, to remove himself from the world, to create a hollow space. The same thing with ourselves, that we all have these visions. We all have Ein Sof. Ein Sof is this content of unlimited potential, unlimited, unlimited. But the thing is, some of the, some of the things that we're, we're, we're dealing with today is we are too much in the vision and we're not making a decision or we, or we never even have the vision. So you could see that in the beginning of the creator, the beginning creator of the world, there was unlimited lights and Hashem had to reduce himself in order to start creating the world one day at a time. So this tells us a lot. It tells us a lot that you could see that the only way to create the world is to first, we have to think about it. We have to think about a goal. We have to bring a vision into a decision. This is exactly how you mirror creation. After that concept, there was a concept of breaking of the vessels, which you speak about all, about all the time, that there was too much light in the vessel and the vessel broke. And in order to rebuild what happens, we have to recreate those vessels and make them bigger. So I'm gonna talk a little, a little bit of failure, talk about uh, contractions. These are all Kabbalistic concepts that I wanted you to speak about. That's why we're bringing in this, these concepts in, in the beginning. So remember, a timsum, when I speak about a timsum, I'm referring to a contraction of light. A example of a timsum today would be what's going on in Israel. All of a sudden, there's too many cases of corona. What happens? We're shutting everything down. Ultimately, we're shutting everything down in order to what? Rebuild bigger. So the purpose sometimes where we have to go smaller 
we have to break something in order to grow bigger, it's a very Kabbalistic concept. This concept is called the Timsum. The Timsum is taking your light, taking your ideas, taking your, your goals, and bringing these goals into very practical steps. That means thinking big, but acting small. Why? Because if we get too much light without the appropriate vessel, what happens? It breaks. So this is what happens a lot of the times. It could be either in a, in a situation of a trying to hit a goal or a business or, or a marriage. These, these, things situa these situations basically take all part of our lives that anytime failure, failure teaches us is that we have too much light and we don't have the appropriate vessels for that specific light. Sometimes we get our problem sometimes is we want too much too fast. For example, let's say a person never went to the gym before. And all of a sudden he goes to the gym and one day he decides to put, go two hours or three hours in the gym. Instead of saying, you know what? I just started going working out. Let me just put 20 minutes in. Let me put 15 minutes in. But if he puts three hours in, what's going to happen? He's going to have an overabundance of light, which is going to lead him to burnout, which is going to lead him to not go to the gym for another two weeks. So these are examples of too much light without the appropriate vessel, which ultimately leads to failure. So to start the class, number one thing we want to start with, the first concept is you have to have a vision. If we don't have a vision, as Shlomo HaMelech says, without a vision, the people perish. We are meant to hit goals. We are meant to develop our souls. We are meant to be, we are persons meant to have goals. We can't, we can't just wake up and say, what are, what are we doing? Where are, where are we going? We have to have goals in our lives. So the first thing is begin with the goal. We have to have a vision. Rab Nachman says in Lesson 62, in wisdom, he says, human thought has tremendous potential. Thought can actually bring things even inflation. When thought is so intensely concentrated, it can create great influence. Every faculty of the mind, both conscious and unconscious, down to the innermost point, has to be focused. And what he's saying here, however, a diffused vessel is like an incomplete vessel. When you're not really focused and you don't really, really see the goal, it's like an incomplete vessel. He also says in the same thing, this is exactly how he, how he was able to have so much success in his studies. What he would do is instead of just waking up and studying, he would envision himself doing four pages a day. And the next day he would do three pages. He would have such a vision that before he even started doing anything, he already saw it happening in his mind. This is teaching us that also before we want to go in our lives, we have to have that ratzon. We have to have that vision really, 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 really strong. Because if the vision is not there, the rest is really gone. So that's the first thing. If we're struggling with visions in our lives, if we're struggling with, with hitting goals, it could be very related to the past. It could be very, very related to our belief systems. Like we say all the time, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're absolutely right. I think believe, I believe this is a Henry Ford line. That means whether you think you can or you think you can, you're absolutely right. So a lot of times I speak to people, they're struggling with whether or not they believe they can do it. And that's obviously rooted in faith. So... Without faith, without trust, we can't even see it. That's the number one thing off the bat. The reason why we lose our faith, past experiences, lack of faith in ourselves, um, maybe 
negative comments, fear of failure. There's a lot of reasons why a person doesn't even try to attempt to go hit goals anymore. It's just he doesn't he just doesn't have the head for it anymore. And this is obviously something that we that we have to hit goals because if we don't have no goals, we don't have dopamine. If we don't have something to pursue, there's no dopamine. If there's no dopamine, there's no happiness. If there's no happiness, what are you what are we living here for? So without the appropriate dopamine and without having goals, what happens? We end up using dopamine in ridiculous levels through narcotics, through drugs, through unfortunately other ways where they take our dopamine levels to levels that we can't sustain and we end up falling, falling a, bit, a lot. So that's the number one thing is vision. Number two, to understand in life, Hashem wants us to make adjustments, not excuses. It's very easy to make an excuse and to blame somebody. We all do it all the time. But Hashem wants us to make adjustments, not excuses. And you could take the example from Yoda the way Yoda, what happened with Yoda? He got swallowed by the whale. He didn't want him to make an excuse. He wanted him to go. You can't run away from your mission. So the story about Yonah that we speak about, it's a, it's a story about a person running away from his mission. You can't run away from your mission. At the end of the day, somehow or another, you're going to end up going back there. So it's very, very important. Make adjustments, not make excuses. Another important point that I want to discuss, stop taking failure so personal. There's a formula to success. It's called failure leads to experience. Experience leads to success. That has never changed. Nothing has ever changed in that formula. Failure gives you experience. Experience gives you success. This is what's called the shattering of the vessels. Vessels shatter because they can't contain the light that they have. So our job is to do is to make bigger vessels, not to ask for more light. If something is not working in our lives, it's teaching us two things. Change what you're doing or change how you're doing it. Change procedure or change perspective. It's very simple. Those two things. The most important thing is to get away from the mind game of despair, of the I can't do it, I don't have the head for it. How many times is this going to happen? It's so important to get, exit your mind into the moment. Get out of your head at all costs. This is the job of the Yetzirah, the job of the ego to keep you in your head. You have a failure. You say, what is next? Stop taking it personal. Because if we take it too personal, all of a sudden we don't have the energy to go back into a new challenge, a new marriage, a new opportunity. Sometimes failure is the greatest thing that can happen because what happens with the current system that you have or the current way you're doing it, it's impossible to win. So failure is created for you on purpose. And this is what's called a breaking of the vessel. Myself, for example, have, I've had to wipe out some of the departments in my company. I've had to fire all everybody. I've had to start all over, because what happens is sometimes you have to break. You have to, you have to break the vessel yourself, because if you don't break the vessel yourself, then it's going to happen for you. So smart people end up breaking it first. And what that's called is sometimes starting over. 
Let me give you an example that I always use, and I think it's the best example. As somebody losing weight, somebody, everybody, January New Year's resolution, we all have these ambitious goals to lose weight. And all of a sudden, everybody thinks big and they say, I want to lose 70 pounds. I want to lose 60 pounds. I want to lose 50 pounds. Everybody's thinking very, very big. And all of a sudden, they start making a decision and they say, okay, no more sugar. Uh, we're going to cross it five times a week. Um, all of a sudden, we're going to work out five times a week. We're going to not eat sugar, not eat this, not eat this. So all of a sudden, they have so much, so much, so much light that they want. And this person, there's no way in the world that they're going to be able to cross, go to cross for five days a week and all of a sudden stop sugar in one day. But all of a sudden, they have this ambitious goal. They, they try it for a week or two weeks. And next thing you know, they give up. And this is what happens to 90 to 95% of people. They give up because their goals are way too ambitious. And what happens is, is they need to make it seem so. They need to lower their goals. Because what, what's going on is because they continue to hit those goals without the appropriate vessel, and it continues to happen every single year over and over and over again, then what's happening? All of a sudden, that person says to himself, I, don't, I shouldn't even try to hit goals. I never hit them anyway. The reason why we're not hitting goals and we're not getting what we want is because we don't have the right dot to hit those goals. So what should that person do? All of a sudden, the person should do something very simple. He should say, one week, the first week of the brand new year, I'm not drinking any sugary drinks. All of a sudden, that's an attainable goal. He loses two or three pounds. The next week, he should say, you know what? Let me try 10 minutes on the treadmill. Not more than 10 minutes, not an hour, 10 minutes. Because you, what's going to happen is you're going to end up hitting that goal. You do the 10 minutes on the treadmill. Next thing you know, you lose another two to three pounds. The next week you say, you know what? I'm going to have sugar only three days a week. Can you hit that goal? Yes. All of a sudden the next week you hit that goal also. Now you're down to eight pounds. All of a sudden the fourth week you pick up a little bit extra. You pick up something extra, maybe a little bit, maybe one, one day a week of more intensity, intensive training. The bottom line is at the end of the month, this person has lost 10 pounds. And what happens in life is People will only change or people will only invest in themselves if they feel better about themselves. And the only way they're going to feel better about themselves if they start having progress. Progress equals happiness. So what we have to do in life is get going. But if, we don't, if we're too, too much in a hurry to get going or if we're too impatient to get going, what's going to happen is that, that patience is going to turn to anger, as Rav Nachman says in Lesson 18, that the key to hitting goals is to turn anger into patience. So all of a sudden, that person loses 10 pounds. The next week, he starts taking on another thing and another thing. And by the end of the second month, he's down to 20 pounds. He never, he never, he never chose to, to do something beyond his limitations. He created feasible goals, and he hit them. And all of a sudden, whatever stays in motion continues to stay in motion. This is the key to hitting goals. When I tell people to hit, do his body dude, I start people doing a challenge, do a small thing first. The, the main thing is we have to say it and we have to do it. This clicks dopamine, but if, it, if we say something, we don't do it, we end up disliking ourselves and we end up not hitting any goals. So that's the first thing is make it seem soon. Sometimes you have to make your own team soon. That means if you're, if you're not hitting that goal, break it down into even a smaller goal.
That's what the idea of, of taking the Coca-Cola once, once a week. If somebody told you, what's your New Year's resolution? And you told them, I don't want to drink Coca-Cola for one week. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. They're going to look at you like you're absolutely crazy. This is what you want out of all the things. I want this. I want that. I want this. But you're going to end up hitting more goals than these people are going to hit. Because you have a reasonable and you know exactly what your vessel can hold. And you know exactly what you can attain. But too much is going to lead to, obviously, same thing happening over and over again. So that is this concept about thinking big, but planning small. Just like our creator created the world in six days and the seventh day he rested. He didn't create, the whole day. He didn't create seven, days in one, seven day, days in one day. Every day was a different creation. And that's something that we need to develop. Because we're in a world today of instant gratification. We're in the world today of chasing happiness. We're in the world today of rat racing. And we're not in the moment. And this is what's causing us not to hit our goals. Okay, great. Sorry about that. So again, back to not taking things personal, not to take failure personal. The reason why we fail is because either we want it too quickly, we have the wrong perspective, or we have the wrong procedure. Get out of your head, enter the moment, and say, okay, what's different? What can I do different? Stay in the solution. And this is, and this is one of the things I'm telling you right now. I see it all the time that it's either in recovery, it's either in, in marriage, there are people are afraid to go back into the same situation again. People are afraid to go back into anything again because they're saying, what's gonna happen? How about if I fail again? How do I know it's gonna work out? And the whole lives they're living, they're staying in regret and they're all only because they took failure personal. And guys, I myself, I told you guys, I'm already, I've been divorced. I failed many times in business. But the difference is you have to recognize I'm taking it as a lesson. I don't take it personal. That means failure is a lesson. It's not to be taken personal. There should be no reason why a person should go on a date being divorced and, and carrying this emotional weight and, and basically, you know, going saying that uh, life has hit me too hard or, or, or wearing their failures on their, on their neck. This is not what we're about. We're here to be empowered. And we're here to control. We're not supposed to let failure make us lose our faith. And this is something that's unfortunately way too common, way, way, way too common. And it all starts from either not having the right formula and then taking failure personal and then all of a sudden creating a belief. We need to understand when I tell you guys all actions are belief driven because everything starts with your beliefs. Your beliefs determine your thoughts. Your thoughts determine your speech. Your speech determines your actions. Your actions determines your habits. Your habits over your whole life become who you are. So if we want to change something, sometimes we have to go all the way back to the belief to, to start all, all over again. But the word, but I'm trying to explain to you, like where Malcolm says in lesson 10, that there's no way you're going to be able to have a clear mind only if you have joy. There's no possible other way to have your clear mind other than being in a state of joy or being in a state of solutions. If we're too much focusing on what we're going through, we're not going to be able to do that. So again, failure teaches us to widen perspective and change or change procedure. This is exactly, and sometimes it takes us out of a la-la land mode. Sometimes failure teaches us, okay, you know what? You have to try a little harder. 
your 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 perspective is is not there. And this is the whole reason why it happens. No other reason why it happens. It's to teach you a lesson. If you if you take any other example, but to teach you a lesson, you're taking about yourself, and that is leading you to low self-esteem, and that is leading you to stop growing. And I can't stress that enough to you. I see this all day long in, in, in my recovery centers. That everybody takes fairly personal, and it's just it, and just to get a person going, it takes so much effort. But if we never took it personal, then we wouldn't be so much. We wouldn't spend so much time in self-pity. And this is why, if you look at the Sfirot in Kabbalah, we have we have Sfirot of Chesed. What does Chesed mean? Be kind to yourself. Chesed means right now it's not the time to beat yourself up. If you if you just fell, use Chesed for yourself. Use Chesed for yourself. Lift yourself up with Chesed. Find good points in yourself. That's not the time to beat yourself down when you got knocked out in life. That's the time to use Chesed. Now, when you're using, when you when when a person's succeeding and he's rolling, then he could start using Gevura. He can using restraint to not get too cocky, to not get too ahead of himself. But there's there's a reason why God created the, the, the Chesed. Chesed is is because you need to pick yourself up when a person's in a, in a, right after a failure. It's also very important. Another concept of this class is. Hashem is expecting us to use trust. He's expecting, he's expecting for you to take a shot in life. The people that want things for certain, or they need to be certain about it, or they need to be, uh, everything has to line up. Those are the most anxious people in the world. The people that are trying to control the outcome of events, the people that are trying to find certainty in events, those are the people that have more mental issues than, than regular people that have simple faith. Because those people are trying to find every single angle to try to control something or to make sure it's 100% certain. And you're, you're trying to go for something that completely does not exist. It does not exist. Certainty does not exist. You have to start getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. You're, you have to start recognizing that you are here in this world to recognize your creator. How can I recognize my creator? if the answer is right in front of me. So there is going to be in our lives, a lot of pain. There's going to be a lot of concealment in our lives. There's going to be a lot of tests in our lives. There's going to be a lot of challenges in our lives, but the whole reason why these challenges are there for you. And remember, there's times that your creator takes away your dot. He takes away your awareness because have have we ever recognized that we went through something and while we were going through that situation, it's like, I know I can get out of the situation. I've gone through this before, but at the present moment, it seems like the obstacles 10 times the signs. Because sometimes, sometimes your creator takes away your awareness. So you experience that test. So you experience that situation. Because obviously, if you had the dot, you would fix it. So he gives you situations and you, you experience so also recognizing the challenges, whether you can handle the challenge or not. Also recognizing that sometimes Hashem is making you go through a challenge to learn something. Don't always think, oh, I'm not smart enough. I'm not mentally strong enough. No, you can be the strongest mentally strong person. Hashem will still take away your knowledge from you. 
in order for you to experience something. And I'm telling you this because I'm going through it myself and I'm teaching this stuff. So I know what to do. I have this, I memorize all these classes. And yet sometimes in the biggest challenges that I have, it's like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I know what to do, but I can't do it. It's because that situation is being withheld from me. It forces you to cry out to God. It forces you to rely on your creator. And then it gives you the answer right back to you. So understand that concept also. It's not like I got to be the smartest person. I got to be the most successful person. No, no matter how much you know, no matter how smart you are, you will be taught a lesson in life. I promise you. I guarantee you that. So the bottom line to that point is spend more time getting going and going. Remember, as soon as the, as soon as the vessel breaks and I fix it, what happens? Now I have a brand newer, I have a bigger vessel. So every single time after a broken vessel is created and you have a new mindset and you have, a, you have new dots, that vessel is not the 10-pound vessel anymore. Now you have a 20-pound vessel. So experience and failure actually expands your vessel so you can receive more. So after every failure comes a new, comes a brand new vessel. And we need to understand that. So if you think about it, smart, if you really really think about it, you would want to spend more time getting going, getting, getting the lesson quickly than trying to shy away from failure. Because if you recognize that you have to fail fast, fail often to get the lesson, you spend more time taking chances and less time on decision fatigue. Is this going to work out or is this not going to work out? Very, very important concept. There's a great book called Fail Fast, Fail Often, which basically speaks about this concept that after every failure, we get a brand new vessel and that new vessel, it constantly expands, which is, it's an amazing thing. But the key is to understand that. The key is to understand that your creator is doing everything for you, not to you. The key is to understand that everything God's given you is ultimate mercy. It's just sometimes we don't see it. And I, and I guys, and I can't stress that enough to you. You can't, you can't see the mercy, but at the end of the day, it's only mercy, only mercy all the time. We just can't see it because it's sometimes beyond our comprehension. There's a great formula that I, that I did this, this year, this week called the motivation equation. The motivation equation was made by Pierce Steele. And the motivation equation basically says that you have a value, you have expectancy, and then you have impulsivity and you have delay. What this is basically saying is value means desire. How much, how value is that? How, that, how much is that goal worth to you? How valuable is that, that goal to you? How much desire do you have that, that goal? Times, Expectancy. Expectancy also means confidence. How confident are you in that goal? Divided by impulsivity and delay. What does that mean? What does the delay part mean? Why, why do we delay things? We delay things because of fear. We delay things because of fear. So if we go back to this equation, value, Value means faith. Value means desire. Expectancy means faith, confidence, divided by 
impulse versus time's delay. What this is showing me is that faith and desire bring me closer to my goals and impulsivity and fear bring me away from my goals. What is this telling us here? This is the same formula that they had in Egypt. How come 20%, only 20% of the Jews got out of Egypt? What were they lacking? Basically, they were lacking faith and desire. Our sages say they had no desire to go and they had no faith to go. Now, what do we do if we have a situation where we don't have faith or desire? Just don't want it. You, feel, you don't feel like doing anything. Then you have to recognize, okay, if I stay in the same position that I am right now for another three to four years, how is my life going to look like? Then you have to start getting enough leverage to not doing it. That means if I don't do it, it's going to be pain. And all of a sudden, if I do do it, it's going to be pleasure. So then we use leverage. So when we don't have desire, we start getting leverage. We start getting a situation where we say, listen, if you don't fix it, if you don't fix this, if you don't get enough leverage in this situation, you know what's going to happen? You're going to end up, this is going to be painful, delaying something. And this is, you know, you could take this example with, you know, creating more of a shock, creating a shock that, that if you don't do it, it's going to be painful. We could do, you know, you could do that with, God forbid, let's say a person says, you know what, if you don't stop smoking, he, he, he looks at his lungs. Or God forbid, if a person doesn't, doesn't stop eating sugar, he, he can get an arm taken off. So he has to create enough leverage in order to beat that. So that's, this is, again, this is a phenomenal formula. Increase your desire and increase your faith and decrease fear, which is delay, and impulsivity. Why do, why do we become so impulsive? We become so impulsive because we don't want to, we don't want to deal with the issues. You know, why do we become impulsive? We just, we, 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 don't, we don't want to deal with it. So we become very impulsive. We start getting delayed and that takes away from our goals, which is a beautiful formula. So faith, faith and desire get you going, fear and impulses slow you down. The next process that I'm going to talk about is the importance of enjoying the process. I would say one of the things we all suffer from is Hashem. We tell Hashem, Hashem, please make this thing finish already. For example, coronavirus, this is, it's a process. No matter how quickly you want to fight it, no matter how quickly you want, to, you want to get a vaccine or not vaccine or whatever you think is going to happen, there's a certain amount that this virus is staying here and there's a certain amount of time that this virus is going to leave. And it's going to be a process. And that process is included in that process is purification of the world, fixing a lot of things that needed to be fixed. And that's a process that Hashem wants to happen. So the more you fight time, the more you go against the process, the more the process is going to hurt you. But the more you get into flow with the process, the process does not bother you anymore. And that's why it's very, very important that whatever we're going through, Stay in the moment. It's a process. There's a reason why you have to go through the process. Because there's a thing, things need to be fixed in the process. But if we're too busy chasing the prize, we start losing the process. And then what happens? We don't get the process and we don't get the prize. We lose at everything and we start all over, all over, all over again. You know, you're, you're struggling dating, 
and you, or you're struggling in, in, in finding the right job or you're struggling, whatever you're struggling in, but, or struggling with marriage, struggling with trying to make shalom bite. That's a process. What is that process? Shem wants you to wake up early. He wants you to pray to God to ask him for help. That's a process. Because remember this line, and I, I never forgot this line. It's not what you get. It's who you become. I believe Tony Robbins says that. It's not what you get. It's who you become. What did that process do to you? What did it make you into? How did it change your life? Don't just look at it, wow, I finally found my zivug after five years. But who did you become after trying, after for five years looking for that person? How much pain you went through and how much prayers? You became a different person. So it's not what you get, it's who you become. This is a very spiritual concept. That Hashem wants you to focus on what you're becoming, the new you. Not give it to me. He, could, he can give it to you tomorrow if he wants to but he wants you to go through the process. And that process requires purification and that process requires building and that process requires trust and that process requires faith and the process requires staying in the moment. And that process requires tremendous amounts of patience. But ultimately, patience is the ultimate cleanser because patience teaches you to let Hashem control instead of you taking control. This is the difference between patience and anger. And they're both related in your nose, which is breathing in or being frustrated out. It's very, very, very important concept. Rav Cook speaks about that many, many times. And gives us an example that the fourth day of creation, the fruit, the bark of the tree and the fruit were completely tasted the same. That means people lived in a situation where Everything tasted the same. There was no separation between the process and the prize. But because the fourth day of creation, the earth complained, the process and the prize became two different entities. So now we start chasing happiness instead of recognizing the process. It's the process that's leading to happiness. That means the original intention was that I would be so thrilled with the process that whether or not I got the prize would not make a difference to me. Imagine if you lived like that that you are so happy with the process that the prize made absolutely no difference to you. And that's how, usually how you get the prize, when you're so involved in the process. Very, very important concept. One of the last concepts, obviously the Heat's playing tonight and the Lakers, so not gonna be a very, very long class. But one of the, one of the second process is don't let the shattering of the vessels haunt you. What does this mean? vessels shattered in your life. Failures in business, failures in marriage, but those vessels broke in order for the new vessel to be built. They are not meant to shatter you and keep you in in trauma forever. The vessel broke. Look at the 20-pound chandelier. Yes, the the 10-pound chandelier broke. It had to break for a 20-pound chandelier to come. Don't let those, those vessels, don't let those broken vessels haunt you. And sometimes those failures are haunting us. They're haunting us and they're, they're taking away tomorrow from you. So it's very, very important. If the vessel broke, create a new one. Trauma is not to break you. Trauma is there to make you. A very important concept. To not just to recreate yourself and recognizing that was all for, for the rest. And the last thing is 
retreat is the beginning of defeat. It's so important that if we're not going, if we're not running, at least stay still. Just don't go backwards. That's the key. You can run. Sometimes you're not going to be able to run. But Rav Nachman says there's times where you just have to stand still. Hold on, but don't retreat. And this is something that we often do too much. We're retreating instead of running forwards. So these are 14 to 15 concepts that we take. We spoke about the, the shattering of the vessels. We spoke about rebuilding a new vessel. We spoke about making a team soon, lowering our light in order to hit realistic goals. We spoke about we spoke about that sometimes that our vision has to be our desire has to be bigger than our there are obstacles, and these are great great obstacles that really really these are great great concepts that we can do. Any questions, Ariel? Any questions? Yes. So this viewer says that they believe in Hashem, but they don't believe in themselves. How does one work on believing themselves, and uh, how do they work on? the concept of being worthy of receiving. Correct. Well, well, first thing is, again, if you lose faith in yourself, then obviously you're going to lose faith in your creator. That's number one. I mean, exactly what I said. Why would that person not feel worthy? It's because, again, taking failure personal. Something happened or somebody abused them or something happened in their life that they took it personal and they defined, that person was defined by that person's opinion or was defined by failure. So if I'm trying to explain to you that this is part of creation, that we have to go through this process of a, of a reduction of light, of a breaking of the vessel in our lives, it's part of the process. You have to go through it. You have to go through the failure to get the experience to get your success. So unfortunately, when we stay in those positions too long, then we don't grow and we take all the attention to us. And what happens is when you do that, you really, it's a form of arrogance. Because the person that's arrogant is telling Hashem that they gave him too much. You gave me too much that I can handle. It's not fair. And that is not really the best way to think. Because Hashem never gives you anything that you can't handle. Okay. So the reason why you lost faith in yourself is because you took something personal or somebody did something to you again. It's too focusing on an exterior event defining who you are which is obviously not, not what we want. Okay, the next question is, uh, how can one make decisions? This person always feels stuck in dilemma. Is there any teachings about this? Yeah, just what we spoke about today. I mean, what we spoke about is that understanding that you're going to go through a process of building a vessel, that first it has to break in order to be rebuilt. And, and the way it breaks, sorry, one second. Sorry, one second. Sorry. I'm sorry. The whole point is that you're going to learn on the way. You don't just get to success without going through failure and experience. You have to go through the process. No matter who you are, no matter what you know, you have to go through a process. And we can't just skip the process. So sometimes a person's stuck in decision-making because they want to make the right choice or the wrong choice. But either way, they have to get experience. Without, without taking any kind of action, you never, take, you never get experience by, through failure. So sometimes we want to protect the ego too much by, by, being a, by making the wrong decisions. But I'm trying to explain to you right now, many times people get to success 
through failure. And I can tell you almost everybody that I know that's been successful, they've gone through that process. You have to go through that process. There's no way to skip the line. The key is get out of your head and just start making one decision. Whether it's the right one or the wrong one, at least you made a decision. And then you'll find out if that decision is the right decision. Did you win in that decision or did you learn in that decision? You can't lose. Either you win or you learn. There's no way, there's no such thing as losing. It's either education or you made the right decision. So not doing anything is just fear, which is, del- which is what we spoke about here. Delay is rooted in procrastination. Okay, going back to the concept of creating a vessel, uh, could you just go in depth of how one could really create a vessel? And a, a follow-up question is, how could one create the proper vessels during uh, Sukkot? Again, what gives you a vessel? What makes a vessel bigger is called dots. Dots. When you have dots, you have a vessel. The more dot you have, the more knowledge you have, the more you can know how to deal with situations. For example, if I'm going to hire an employee, let's say for $18 an hour, just to give you an example, and that person has no experience in a specific situation in the business. So I'm going to learn through her mistakes and the price is $18 an hour. But let's say I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to go through the mistakes. I don't want to go through the trial and error. I'm going to find an employee that's $40 an hour that has already gone through all those mistakes, that already knows what to do in failure. And I'm paying a premium of $40 an hour instead of paying $18 an hour. So from the $18 to the 40 hours, what's the difference between two, 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 these two employees? Experience. Because what happens is failure teaches you experience. And experience has a value. And experience ultimately gives you to success. So the more we go through life and the more we pick ourselves up from failure, and the more we start learning from our mistakes, the, more, the wiser we become. The wiser we become. I remember when I started praying. I originally used to start praying, and I would get, I would be waiting like, like, like all of a sudden, okay, when's this prayer going to be answered already? Um, nothing's happening. I prayed, and nothing's happening. Look at my days. And I had no idea that when I, if you have expectation in prayer, not only does your prayer not get answered, but it goes against you. So I was sitting there frustrated, annoyed, and sitting there, how come my prayers are not being answered? Am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? And I was so frustrated that I was completely burnt out, and I didn't want to pray anymore. But then I started reading, and says, saying, saying that if you pray with an expectation, it's a form of arrogance. So that experience of me being frustrated and praying with all kinds of expectations, gave me, that failure gave me experience. Once I recognized, oh my God, who am I to tell God when he's going to answer my call? I was so embarrassed. So what did I do? I took a step back. I prayed and I completely let go. And all of a sudden things were working out. So that situation of me failing and doing something the wrong way gave me experience, which led me to a different prayer, which gave me that, which led me to the prayer get answered. So it's usually failure that Lee gives you the experience and that's how you build a bigger vessel, et cetera. I hope that helps. But too many people are shying away from, from failing because they're afraid of what people say. They're afraid of what they're going to think about them. They're not doing it based on their soul. They're doing it based on what will they think. 
And it's the wrong way to live. It's the wrong way to even think about life. Who cares what people say about you? You're here for you. You're not here for them. Too many people are suffering today because of what will they think? What will people say? What are they going to say about me? And it's definitely not a way that's rooted in what? It's rooted in ego. It's not going to lead you to any kind of success. Okay, this viewer is having some issues with their parnasa, and they're asking how could they stay insane in this department? It's like a, it's been a roller coaster for him this year in terms of parnasa. Right, right. Like the Lubavitcher Rebbe says, be tachon, trust. Trust attracts, fear does the opposite. Trusting in God brings the item that you want closer. Fear pushes the item that you want farther away from you. So it's normal for people to all of a sudden, when things are not, the numbers are not hitting, the first thing they do is worry. What worry does is not only does it not give you what you want, it actually ruins your vessels. The best way to ruin your vessel is to worry. Because remember, we are dependent upon our creator. We're not depending upon our hands. You make an effort, you need to let go. It's very important that over-worrying can tremendously damage financial pipelines. We have many, many classes on this explaining this concept. Okay. So this viewer is asking, what if one puts all their faith into Hashem and what you pray for doesn't happen when you need it? By the way, yes, okay. I, take, I take it personal because I really rely on Hashem to help. So this person is taking okay. it personal because Hashem is not delivering. Right. So sometimes what you want is not what's best for you. So that's another thing he says. You sh if you always, I promise you, if you prayed, Hashem, give me what's best for me, you would get answered 100%. But sometimes you want something that maybe that's ultimately not the best thing for you. Maybe if that thing came to you, it would ultimately be not good for you. So what you, you should pray is for is, is Hashem, give me the best thing that's for me. Maybe you want to be a stockbroker and Hashem wants you to be uh, a therapist. And it's not your being a stockbroker is not tailored to your, to your mission in life or to your mazal. And if you got that, ultimately, it would not lead you to the be, become the best person you would be fulfilled. So short term, it looks like you're getting a raw deal. But if you look at the big picture, it's not part of your mission. That could be one reason why you're not getting that specific thing. Again, that's why I say, please bless me, Hashem, that that person should marry me. Uh, how, do you know that's your, how do you know that's the person for you? You, can't, you don't know that's the person for you. We don't know that. You don't know that. You can't, don't get stuck on, 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 on limitations because your creator has no limits. Don't put limits on your creator. Sometimes you're asking for things too small. You're meant to have something much, much bigger. But because of our limitations, and we just spoke about in the beginning of the class, Hashem is Ein Sof, no limits. Don't put limits on your creator. If something is not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Believe me, when I, my son was sick, I was praying that it should be something else. I didn't want it to be cancer. I want it to be a cold. I want it to be a fever. I want it to be whatever it is. I'm not praying for... And, and this came. So obviously, we don't say... You didn't give me what you wanted to give me. Why did you give me this? I'm mad at you. We can't have that mindset because at the end of the day, the more you recognize in life, the more you recognize you know absolutely zero. And when you recognize you know absolutely zero, 
then you're very unlike it's very then you realize that you're not going to give something the wrong meaning based on our limited mindset. So don't take your objects on a specific thing. Maybe Hashem has a whole different plan for you that you can't see with your eyes right now. So when you can't understand, our sages tell us, go into faith. Okay, in terms of uh, you mentioning getting remarried after a divorce, uh, this person mentions, what if a person who has been abused in their marriage, it's so hard for them to start over. What uh, knowledge could you pass on to them? Again, very simple. You got abused in a marriage. People treat you the way they feel about themselves. I know this is easy to say this. At 9 o'clock at night on a Wednesday afternoon, when you're in the middle of the war, it's a whole different story. The emotions are kicking. The mind is, you have resentment. You have, I get it. I'm not, I'm not going to hear to tell you a picture perfect te- tell. But I'm trying to explain to you, if you look deeply into this concept, you rec- recognize why would another person treat another person bad unless that person himself is hurting himself. Hurt people hurt. So if you recognize the way other people treat you is a reflection about themselves. If somebody verbally abuses you, that means that person himself is not emotionally well. He's not, he doesn't know how to handle his emotions. He's dumping his emotions on you. So that, that person himself, you actually have to have mercy for him. So you can really never get abused unless you take it personal and you make it about you. Like you, you would never say, my three-year-old girl, my three-year-old daughter abused me. She wakes up and she screams at me and she says, mommy, give me this. Okay, mommy, give me that. She's controlling. Would you go, would you go to a therapist and tell, and talk to a three, tell them that your three-year-old daughter is verbally abusing you? The therapist will tell you, well, it's a three-year-old daughter. She doesn't know how to speak. She does not express herself. This is pretty much the same case of a grown adult in a smaller body, small, smaller emotional body that doesn't know how to talk to people, doesn't have that. So you'd rather abuse people for control or anything else. But the last thing you should do is make it about you. Don't make it about you. That means whatever happens to you is not always about you. And I know it's very difficult to do that. You might need some therapy for that. But if you think about already what that person made you feel, now it's, that person is also stopping your growth and stopping the rest of your life. Don't you think the damage is already done? Don't you really think you should have more, more move on with your life instead of continuing to have unfortunately, that story. And you also don't want to go into a new marriage saying that you were abused. The last thing you want to do is, oh, why did you leave your marriage? I was very, very abused. It's not a good look. We want to say it didn't work out. It didn't work out. The last thing you want to do is walk into a new relationship and say you were abused. People are not going to want to deal with you, and they're going to look at you. It was a legitimate abuse. It's not, it's not something you want to start a new relationship with. Just my own opinion. I hope that helps. I would strongly recommend by David Lieberman on this. He speaks about this all the time or listens to classes on why we take things personal. But really, if you think about it, if the way somebody treats you is a reflection of themselves, technically, you can really never get verbally abused unless you make it about you. I know it's easier said than done. I know it's emotional, but I'm trying to explain to you technically it doesn't exist unless somebody physically abused you. It's a different story. 
Okay. Uh, you mentioned that we should take small steps towards our goal, but there's also a mental, mentally or of taking big steps and acting big. Can you, can you clarify? Sure. I mean, I can, you can act big if you have a big vessel and you can handle it. For example, I can go buy another rehab because I know how to run another one. But if I never ran another rehab, if I never had a rehab and I didn't understand how to run it, I can't go buy two rehabs and have never ran one. So acting big with, with appropriate dot and knowledge, yes. If you have knowledge, if you have an understanding, yes. But not if you have no dot. You can act as big as your vessel is. You that make sense? Does that make sense? Right. I hope I clarified that person. It's based on the person's dot, the person's knowledge, whether he can act bigger, the more knowledge, the bigger vessel. Of course, you could take bigger chances, but we don't want to put ourselves in a position to fail. So in the beginning, when we're starting something, usually we have to take smaller steps. Listen, when I started learning Gemara again, I started doing the daf again, I didn't learn 25 pages a day. I started learning one page, tried to understand it. I didn't go heavier because I know I'm not that strong in that department. So I had to start very small, where if it's Rav Nachman's teachings, I could do so much more because I have so much more experience in that department. Okay, there was a quote you mentioned, think big, but do little actions, something like that. They want to know what the think rest big, but Think big, but plan small, like the example about losing weight. Think big. Yes, I want to lose 70 pounds, but planning small means I'm only going to take one goal, which is no Coca-Cola for one week. Because what happens is if we take on too many goals, too much light at one time, and we don't have the appropriate vessel, what happens is to burst. If you go to a gym, you don't see anybody you don't see the construction crew coming and knocking out lockers. They don't break, even though there's new members, they're not expanding the locker room. Why? Because they know that people start, they get motivated, and then they back out. People get motivated, but they don't get, they don't stay motivated. It's a human condition to start something and all of a sudden have the intention, have the goodwill, but all of a sudden it, 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 it just it starts fading away too quickly. Okay. In terms of um, differentiating between desire versus uh, obsession, how could one know which one is a desire and which one is an obsession? Very good. Very good question. Desire, spiritually, you should have a tremendous desire. But when it gets to obsession over money, over, over, over items that are not spiritual, then that obsession could lead to addictions and it could lead you to the opposite. So desire is wanting it, desiring it. But you have to be careful with, with things that are not that are physical because obsession can lead to evil eye. Obsession can lead to coveting another person's obsession. That is not good. So desire, what we're talking about here, is in more of a spiritual realm. Okay. So this viewer wants to know if 
growing out their hair or beard helps with Kedusha and wants to know what's the importance of like growing out a beard. Right. Rav Nachman has a whole tour about that. Um, I'm not the best person to ask for that question, but there's definitely, there's definitely advantages to that. Uh, absolutely. There's definitely advantages. The Zohar Tiggs talks about it. Rav Nachman talks about it in less than 20. There's rectifications of the 13 apertures in the face. But num- number one thing that should really work, be worked on is interior work. The interior work is the key. The interior work is the key. But for, you know, many, you should ask other people about the beard. I'm not the best person for that. But there is definitely benefits of that. Absolutely. Okay. Can you be happy in the process and enjoy the process, but still yearn for what you are praying for? Or just really focus on being present. But that is that is the process. Yearning, yearning, in the process. Yearning to get married, while I'm not married, but praying for it, knowing that I have to go through this. Rabbi Rush says something beautiful in his prayers, and he says, he says, Hashem, how can I get? How can I ask you for a salvation if I don't even have a vessel for it? Which that that message is very important teaching us first build the vessel and then it will come. Imagine a person that doesn't do any kind of awareness or doesn't work on himself and all of a sudden that person is very into himself and all of a sudden that person gets married and all of a sudden you're living with somebody, you have to now give before you were in really giving, you were thinking about yourself. It's going to be a recipe for disaster. So you could see sometimes things don't happen for a benefit. So that's why you always ask, you should always ask your creator, creator of the world, give me what is good for me, not what I think I want. Give me what is good for me. It's like a prayer that you can't go wrong. How could you go wrong? Asking your creator to give you what is good for you. Okay, I think that's it for now. Good? Great. Guys, have a great night. Go Heat.